Hey friends, welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, we are ending 2021, and I'm sure you are just excited as I am. And I find that this time of year is such a great time to not only reflect, but to start thinking, planning, writing out goals and dreams for the following year, 2022. I believe that every day is a new day that we can start again and that we can recreate our life and change it if we choose to do so. But today's topic, I really want to reflect on choosing your career path. There's a lot of different movements happening in our beauty industry. There's a lot of choices, right? Everyone is hiring And there was a lot of shifts when the pandemic hit, salons closed, then we were able to reopen, some closed again, some didn't open at all. A lot of of unpredictable shifts happened in our industry. And I believe that we're going to continue seeing those shifts in 2022. This isn't over, unfortunately. However, we can't control it. We can only control our attitude our beliefs, and our actions. And so I want to talk about the different career paths that are available to cosmetologists, estheticians, and that I want to break down the pros and cons of each of these paths to take. So you might be in a situation right now where you're thinking, is this the right path that I'm currently on? I don't know about you, but I constantly thinking that. And what I'm doing right now, is that where I want to, am I comfortable here? What is next for me? I'm always looking for ways to challenge myself. Always thinking about ways to grow myself, my business, and go after bigger and better things. That's just me though. That's how I'm wired. And if you're wired that way too, then I feel like this will be a great podcast for you to listen to. So there are a few different avenues of a career path in this industry, and I want to talk about the pros and cons. So there is five different areas that I believe that you could take your career. And since I've been in this industry forever, since 2002, I can tell you that I've been down all five paths. And so my opinion may be biased, I will say. However, I want to shed light in these different areas because I really believe that in all areas of your life, the grass is not greener on the other side. It is green where you water it. And so there will be pros and cons to every avenue that you take, but it's up to you. If you are going to be a success, it will happen if you believe and that you are making the right decisions and the daily habits to do so. So let's talk about first doing salon suites, okay? So salon suites, the pros and the cons. So back in 2016, I left the salon that I worked at for 11 years and went into a salon suite. Now, my story is probably different from a lot of people for the fact that I didn't really well plan this out. I basically left overnight the salon that I was at, and I would not recommend that. However, 
you know, there, there was some bridges burned and uh, people were hurt and um, it just was just a toxic feeling and environment for me. And it was just time to go and, and uh, go our separate ways. And so I wasn't too for sure how I was going, what I was going to do next or how to even do a suite. However, an opportunity was presented at the right time, which how a lot of things happen that way, right? Uh, right time or right place. So I started a salon suite in 2016 and I was there for three years. So let me talk to you about some pros and cons of my suite experience. So the pros, it was great because I could make my own schedule, right? So if you are feeling like you need a career path where you need to dictate when you are working, the salon suite is a great model for that, especially if you have kids or taking care of elderly, or maybe your husband travels a lot. It's really nice to have that flexibility. I remember um, when I was an employee, I constantly had to make up hours or work extra hours, come in early, stay late, work an extra, work over the weekends. Um, and I couldn't take off on the weekends. And that was pretty frustrating that I didn't have control of my schedule. I thought it was really neat that I could design my own space. So I swear, if I'm not in the cosmetology industry, I think that I would be a designer. I really love decorating. And I think that that is a really neat highlight that a lot of salon suites give you is that freedom to really create your own brand and environment, right? Do you want to serve coffee or wine? Do you want to have this color versus that color available? You know, some of the suites, they have furniture already available in that space, which I think is really great because salon furniture could be extremely expensive. I mean, a salon station and chair easily could be $2,000, easily, right? And I yes, you probably could find some um, cheap deals on Amazon. I don't know the quality. I have not done that. Um, but the furniture could be really expensive. And a lot of these salon suites are already specced out with the furniture. But what's neat, though, is that if you want to paint the walls or put wallpaper up or put up some shelves, you have the freedom and flexibility to do so. You get to pick out your own products. This I thought was really great because you really got to pick and choose the 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 best of the color lines and best products on the market and things that you truly believe in. It's so difficult to sell products or use color that you think is just crap and you don't like it, right? Or maybe you don't want to sell retail and that's quite fine time quite fine too. Maybe you just want to do affiliate marketing. By all means, you are in a suite. You call your own shots, right? You create your own culture, your brand. You get to choose the guest experience that you would like to create. And a perk of being um, your own boss is that you you have a lot of loopholes when it comes to taxes. So you get to write off the products that you are using and purchasing, um, the tools that you are needing, and there's a lot of cool uh, different loopholes that your accountant and bookkeeper can help you with as well when it comes to um, how to do your write-offs correctly. Every time I say write-off, I think of the Schitt's Creek episode of the write-off. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it, Schitt's Creek tax write-off. It's pretty hilarious. Now let me talk about the things that I didn't like 
about the salon suite and what I don't like is that I truly believe that in a salon suite, you are the bottleneck. You will cap yourself out on how much you physically can do alone. Now, if you are in a, a uh, one chair suite, it's going to be very uncomfortable and difficult for you to double book yourself, right? You're going to be wearing all the hats. I mean, from paying the bills, making the, the decisions on what to order, cleaning up in like deep cleaning up, right? Laundry, the never ending laundry, always folding towels. No one's helping you with that. Handling upset clients. It's constantly, you're, you're on call constantly unless you have the right systems in place. And I, I really believe in 2020, we were seeing a lot of, we were seeing a lot of boundaries being crossed and therefore we have, we have created a lot of new automations now that make it so much easier for us to communicate with customers and let them know, hey, I'm not available between this time and that time. Um, but that was definitely a very hard learn from going from an employee into owning my own suite and being my own boss was taking care of everything and everyone. And I definitely felt like I was burning the candle at both ends of the stick. And I also thought that it was very isolating. You know, I really missed the team environment. I missed asking people, hey, what did you think about this formula? Or what do you think about this? Or after I was done, just other people cheering on my work. I missed that. I did not receive that at the salon suite. And I also thought it was really difficult to get education. It was like, Every time I would reach out to somebody about coming in to educate me or try to find education, it was really difficult. I think once we started going to virtual learning, there's been a lot more opportunities for virtual classes. However, if you're anything like me, it does not replace the in-person, right? Like being a, a visual person, a hairstylist, we need to touch it. We need to see it to really... Um, gain the right knowledge and information and that transformation that an in-person education class can give you. And I thought it was so difficult that a lot of sales reps and educators, it made me feel like I didn't matter anymore because I was a, a sweet renter. I hope that that does change because if you are a sweet owner right now, your business does matter. It's a legit business. You are paying taxes and you deserve to have education. And I just thought it was so difficult to find great education and to get educators into my salon suite. Now, I do think that the salon suite is really great if you really need that extra flexibility, if you have a full clientele, if you are not afraid or it doesn't it doesn't bother you to take ownership of everything. Like if you're a very type A person, I need control of every single thing in my business. I like to create things. If you're the type of person who constantly stays motivated naturally, then I think a salon suite could be a really great fitting for somebody. Um, if you're thinking about um, going into the next steps of salon ownership, I do find that going from an employee to a salon suite is a really nice shift and stepping stone into salon ownership because there's a lot of mindset shifts and a lot of planning that goes involved into salon ownership. 
So let's talk about booth rent. So booth rent, yes, I did booth rent and I did that back in 2004, I want to say. And uh, pros and cons with that. It was awesome because I could make my own schedule. Um, Mind you, though, I was pretty immature. Cell phones were still fairly new, um, at least to myself. And so um, it, it was very difficult to create good customer service. Now there's a lot more things that you can do for automation. Um, One of the things that I thought was neat because I could work with other professionals as well who were independent. Um, So it didn't feel like I was alone, which was nice because sometimes I had questions. As a newer hairstylist, there was times where I was like, I don't know what formula to do for this color touch-up. She's got a ton of gray. You know, so to kind of have others chime in with you. I thought that was really awesome. Um, And it was really low cost. I didn't have to pick out anything except my products, um, my capes and my towels. And that was really it. So as a very young artist who had no money, (laughs) um, I thought that that was a really nice segue into creating that independence without a huge overhead right? And I still had the opportunity that I could write off my tools and the products that I need, that I needed. Um, And that was neat too, because I got to pick and choose what type of products I wanted. Now, the cons to the booth renting though, is that you have no control over the culture, the design, the cleanliness. I remember some of the artists, yes, I liked them in that booth rental area, but sometimes they would have very inappropriate conversations or language. Um, And as I was doing my elderly clientele doing a roller set back then, it was really embarrassing. And, um, you know, it was something that I couldn't control. I couldn't control that other person's conversations and um, their attitude or how they would come in looking, um, you know, coming in with their pajamas You know, I couldn't control how they looked and what they did, but yet I was surrounded by that. Um, And that really bothered me, you know, because like it just, I felt like the odd one standing out, you know, it's, it's a mismatch of quality of work um, and ambiance, right? We had a ton of different products all over the place. It was like overly crowded of stuff, right? And then somebody was standing in a pile of hair the whole time. It was just, it was just dirty. It was dirty. <laughs> and maybe, and you know what? Not every place is like that. I bet there's some really great booth renter, rental places out there that really keep tidy of the environment. Maybe they have a little bit more rules or guidelines and they're more choosy of who is allowed to rent. But oftentimes as the landlord, you really are limited on creating that culture, you're limited on what you can tell people to do or say or or even when they can come in. Um, so definitely look around at different different booth rentals if this is a career path that you are thinking about. Um, if you really could care less of what's happening around you, or maybe you're you are more of a relaxed. Um, cosmetologist, I guess I would say. I don't want to say unprofessional because I know all my my listeners are professional. Um, But if that doesn't really bother you of your surroundings and it's a good opportunity financially for you, then this could be a good fit for you. Me personally, I did not care for it for the fact that I just couldn't control what was around me and that really bothered 
It really bothered me. I do think though that in 2022, we will be seeing people shifting from um, employees into booth rentals and suites. However, there was a lot of shifts that happened um, when the salons reopened and a lot of people flee, fled into booth rental and suites. And I believe they're going to go back into commission salons. And I believe that because I think that they, they uh, jumped into it based on fear I think that they had um, they had unrealistic um, vision. They had unrealistic expectation of what was going to happen. I think that a lot of them get into that thinking, this is fun. I get to collect 100% commission, which by the way, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it again. I cannot stand when these companies out there are saying, you get to collect 100% of your commission. Even as a booth renter and suite owner in my past, there was a lot of money that went out the door for products, for towels, for advertising, uh, for networking. Maybe it was donations. Maybe it was promotions. Everything cost something. I definitely did not collect 100% commission on what I was doing. I would say at least half of it was out of the window. In addition to when I bounced around and left and went into those places, I lost about uh, almost 50% of my clientele. They didn't follow me. I went too far away. and Or maybe they just didn't like the, the new environment I was in, right? You don't own the clients. The clients have freedom to choose wherever they want to go. And of course, you hope that they go with you. But if... If I'm being honest, and if you're if you are a sweet sweet renter and a booth renter, and you uh, jumped from one salon into this, I, I think that you would agree with me that you didn't you weren't able to take a hundred percent of your clientele. They did not follow you, and that is a fact. That at least thirty percent will not go with you, and so that can be a little bit scary, especially if you're financially, um, you know you're counting on that income, right? But in all things, in all new ways to change, it's it's going to take time and it's going to take um, time to gain that momentum to rebuild and rebrand yourself. Uh, so I just say it more so to enter in this with caution and to be realistic you know, I think it's, I always talk about dreams and goals because I'm a huge dreamer and I'm very goal driven as well. But at the same time, I am realistic about what I want to achieve. And I realize that we have to reverse engineer things to make sure, okay, if I want X, Y, and Z to happen, what do I, what do I need to do to get there? Right? So I think jumping into like, those types of models and not being fully prepared of like, ooh, there's a lot of moving parts here. I need a professional email, a website, a phone. I need all these products. What's my brand going to be about? Um, How am I going to branch out? How am I going to connect with clients? There's a lot of moving parts that need to be considered prior to just leaping into it. Um, And I say that because that's what I did. And I wish I could have gone back and have done things different. But there's no sense of stumbling on the rocks behind you when you're just moving forward. So let's move on. Let's talk about another um, area of career path that I also been on. And I do not, I definitely don't say this as bragging rights. I'm 
almost kind of chuckle at the fact that I, I did all of these things. Um, you know, but I was curious. I just was very curious of what that would look like, you know. And so let's talk about being a freelancer, right? Um, there's pros and cons to being a freelancer. You could be a freelancer and work with a, an agent for um, doing commercial work or photography for hair and makeup or nails. Um, there's also, um, you could do like bridal as a freelancer, and that's kind of where I started off with, with being a freelancer is I got into the bridal industry and was um, doing that on the side. In addition, I was very curious about working with an agent and working with photographers. And so I saw a lot of great opportunity there um, for the fact that I can pick and choose the jobs that I wanted, right? And, and it was always different. I wasn't always working with the same clients, which I liked that. I liked getting to know a new person and learn about them and just really go in and, and be creative with that. When it came to doing freelance for commercial work, um, it really stretched my skills of working on my times, working on looking at beauty in a different way, right? When you look at um, something in a magazine versus what you're seeing at the salon, it's a little bit different. And so it really stretched my skills in new ways. As far as being a freelancer for bridal, I saw a lot of financial opportunities there, which is really what inspired me to launch my bridal business. Um, and that has just been a huge learning curve since 2013 when we launched it. Um, for a freelancer, you're really a 1099, which means that you have an opportunity to write off your tools. However, you still got to pay your taxes. Um, so with this, the cons, I felt like it was a constant hustle. It was all about networking. You had to make sure that you were going to every single industry event. Um, it really is who you know and what you know in that industry. That really was a turnoff to me. I couldn't always make carve out the time to go to all those industry events. Sometimes you would see the same people. Um, however, it was really about the hustle, getting yourself out there and just networking. And so if you don't feel like networking is your cup of tea, then I don't know if being a freelancer is the right avenue for you because it definitely can put you out of your comfort zone. However, when you're out of your comfort zone, that's when you grow. Um, so that's about the freelancer. So now I want to talk about the employee and commission salon. There is a lot of great changes that are happening, I believe, in the commission salon model. I know that probably about two years ago, there was a lot of fear of our commission salons dying, maybe three years ago. Our commission salons dying. You're seeing all these people fleeing to salon suites and booth rent and just leaving the place of business they were at, that they were at. I mean, just like me, um, I left the place that I was at and did salon suite. Um, however, I did not plan that out um, thoroughly. But, you know, I think that salon owners are seeing, okay, times are changing. That means that we've got to be changing as well. I do feel that the businesses that aren't shifting with the demands of what employees are wanting, then yeah, I think that they will not survive, right? The generations of the needs are so much different from the baby boomers, right? I think that uh, 
I think that the millennials and the generation, uh, what is it, Generation Z, that the needs are different, right? People are really wanting more time and freedom and flexibility so they can spend more time with the things that matter most to them, which is usually family and friends um, or their hobbies, right? We don't want to have a lifestyle where we feel like we are living to work. We need to be in the mindset of we're working to create a lifestyle that we want, right? And so we really need to flip that narrative around and because I don't believe that when you are living to work, that's sustainable. God, that just sounds depressing, right? So I believe that the salon owners are stepping back and analyzing their business model and thinking, okay, how can we adapt to changing times, right? People are wanting different things, right? So pros and cons to being an employee and commission, right? So let's talk about that. So the pros are, you don't have any responsibilities for the bills, right? You just show up, do your work, and then you leave, right? No worries. You can sleep peacefully at night. You don't have to worry about your taxes and, um, you know, creating uh, meetings or schedules and things like that. It's just done for you, right? Maybe there's benefits to it, whether it's health insurance or paid vacations. And then if you are in a great place, hopefully you've got great support from a leader and you have uh, that team camaraderie. You've got people helping you out, folding towels, shampooing, ripping foils, all the, all the daily tasks that really kind of suck up some of your energy too. And then education. Hopefully you're in an environment that supports your education and wants to see you grow and thrive in their salon. Now, the cons of the employee commission model is that someone else may be dictating your schedule. So if you are not working 35 hours this week, you're going to have to make up for it next week. Maybe they're dictating that you need to work every single weekend. Um, so you don't really have control over that. You also don't have control over what the leadership is like or the culture. Maybe maybe you don't like the products that they've selected, but yet that's what, what you need to be using. Um, or maybe your team. Maybe you don't like your team. And you don't have control over who is on your team and who's not. So definitely pros and cons there. And as far as that that model goes, I do feel like there is going to be some shifting when it comes to flexibility. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're, you're working for somebody and they probably need to make sure that they're making X amount of money for, to, um, to make sure that ends are meeting. And you probably also need to make some money on your own. So if you don't show up, you, you're not making money, which is more so true for the suite and the booth renter, uh, opportunities and career path. Um, For the employees, you know, you're held to more accountability and a little bit more structure. And some of you may like that. And some of you, it's not good for for your uh, personality, right? Now, last but not least, I want to talk about the career path of becoming a salon owner. So lots of pros and cons to this. And let's start out with the pros, right? So a salon ownership, Now, this is a really great opportunity for somebody who's a hairstylist, who 
has made the decision that they no longer want to do hair, but they love the beauty industry. They love educating other people and helping them grow. Being a salon owner means that you now have a new platform to stand on to be able to pay it forward, to be able to teach others what you know and and show them how it's done and show them how to build a business and give them that support and that leadership that you believe to be true. Maybe there's lessons that you've learned along the way in your career that you really want to bring to um you you really want to bring a difference to the salon and beauty industry. So and and this is whether you want to be um this is typically salon owner, a commission salon owner. If you are a salon owner doing booth rent, it's different. And it's different for the sense that you are a landlord. So having team meetings and telling people what to wear and developing leadership in a culture, it, it, it's, uh, it's not legal. <laughs> so you have to be careful of what that means to you. And if being a salon owner booth renter, if that seems better for you, because maybe you don't want responsibility of what anybody else does, and you really don't care what they do, then that is a a different type of model that could be really great as well. Now, let's talk about some negative things to being a salon owner. It could be a very costly startup, especially if you are starting from scratch, right? So if you bought a business, that could be a great idea. Um, it, maybe the equipment's already there. Maybe there's some staff that's already there, right? Um, if you're starting from scratch, you're going to need to get everything, all of the equipment. You're going to have to do the hiring and the onboarding and the training. If you're the owner, um, if you don't have somebody in a position to be leading your team, then that's all of your responsibility. So not only are you paying all the bills, but now you're responsible for making sure that people are holding up your expectations and your standards, how you desire them to be, right? It is a constant uh, feeling of keeping your team engaged, making sure that they are enjoying the place that they work at, making sure that they are making a good living, making sure that they have the right education and that they're getting the support and the attention that they're asking for, right? And there is a lot of things to learn when it comes to marketing. And now there's a lot of things that can be delegated out to other people to help you. However, being a salon owner, it takes a village, and I remember um, my old boss would always say that, and I didn't, I didn't really know what that meant until I was in it, and now I really understand what that means. And you know, I think in general, being a salon owner, it it can make profits, but it is really costly um, business. It is a very low profit margin as well. Um, industry uh, wide, salon owners, the salon is actually just profiting maybe around six to eight percent. Okay. So think about that. So if you are, if you are bringing in, let's say a hundred thousand dollars of, if you are bringing in a hundred thousand dollars of services and your salon owner gets to take home eight percent, that's eight thousand dollars for the year, right? And that's not a whole lot, right? But 
I, I do believe that this could be a really great model and it definitely needs a lot of structure, a lot of systems, a lot of thinking and thought needs to go into it to make sure that it works. And being a salon owner, it's no longer about you. It's about your team. It's about what you can do for your community, providing jobs for people. It's a completely different mindset, right? So as we wrap this up, which is the right path for you? And I'll say it's the one that you decide to go all in, stay focused on your strengths, what your dreams and your goals are, right? I would definitely suggest do your homework, research in your area. Everyone's hiring right now, right? If you are unhappy of where you're at, let's say you're at a salon, then look at what other salons are offering, you know, is, and, and be careful not to find that shiny object, right? But really think about what it is that you're unhappy with, right? And is the grass greener on the other side? I want you to research how much does it cost for booth renter renting in my area? How much does suite rental look like in my area? If you think 2022 is your year to shift into a new career path, then by all means, do it. But I want you to do it with your eyes wide open. Do your research of, and, and really think about and visualize what is it going to look like at the end of 2022 December 2022, and I made that shift in my career to do this, am I happier? Am I financially better off? Does this fulfill me? Does it fill my pocket and fill my soul, right? And make time to think if changing your environment is is going to help you and bring more happiness or possibly bring you more problems and struggles, The path you choose to be a success really boils down to your beliefs, your attitude, your behavior, and action. So whatever you do, I want you to give it your best. Be in a state of gratitude and abundance at all times. So I want to leave you with a little bit of an activity to help you make a decision. I want you to reflect on 2021, and I want you to list out all the positive things And I want you to list out all the negative things about where you're currently at of your career. Where are you at? What about your personal life too? I want you to just completely brain dump it out. Grab grab some coffee, grab some wine, whatever whatever makes you happy. (laughs) And really dive into these thoughts, right? These feelings. Was it negative? Is it positive? Good things, the bad things right? The pros and the cons of 2021. Next, I want you to take anything on your list that you cannot change, that you cannot change. I want you to cross it off. And what you'll have left is areas where you can make changes in your life and your career. And the areas that you crossed out, those are the areas that we need to change our attitude. I hope that you guys have had a really great 2021 despite the the world chaos that is happening around us. And I only wish amazing, wonderful things to happen for you and for your career for 2022. So I'm super excited as well to be launching uh, a new class. So I want to make sure that you guys 
keep posted for the booked and busy stylist. I cannot wait. This is going to be an amazing class that is going to help you if you are a hairstylist behind the chair, maybe you have rebranded yourself and you're looking for ways of how to build up your business faster so that you can build more time and wealth into your life. Make sure to sign up for this. There is more information in the show notes and I'll see you next week. Happy New Year, everyone.